Chapter 76 The Love and the Calling When Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Hosea 11, 1 God's words to Israel by this prophet are hard and stern. Though intermixed with expressions of tenderness, such as, How can I give you up? Hosea 11, 8, this book is full of fearful things. In the midst of these, God stops here and reminds them of his love, his first love, and the kindness of their youth, and the time of their betrothals to him. It was sincere and deep. It had been so all along, and all of his messages by the prophets were no proof of hatred or hostility. He loved them in Abraham, he loved them in Jacob, he loved them when they went down to Egypt, he loved them in the days of their bondage, and he showed his love in calling him even Israel his son, his firstborn, out of Egypt. The deliverance from Egypt was always in later ages the great standing proof to which God appealed of his love. When Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. This calling out of Egypt was done more than once. The most marvelous calling out was that under Moses. But later, when they were carried into Egypt, God interceded and called them out again. Neither Egypt nor Babylon was to be the home of his people, only a sojourn, a place of exile, and nothing more. Out of it they must be called. They whom God did not love might remain there. They whom he loved could not be allowed to remain there. Servants or friends might, but not sons. For sons there was Canaan and Jerusalem, the land flowing with milk and honey. The last fulfilling, or filling up, of these words was in the case of God's only begotten Son. Israel's history was the rehearsal of His. He was, in certain points, to tread in their steps, to go over their history in Himself. And what a closeness of connection, what a oneness between Him and them this implies! Thus, in Him, many words of the prophets received a filling up, a completion, an exhaustion, which makes everyone who reads feel how true, how accurate, how overflowingly full the words of God are. It's not by accommodation, allusion, or figure of speech that these words are applied to Christ. No, in Him they receive their last filling up, their perfect accomplishment. The last drop of the purposed metal is poured into the mold. It can contain no more. It needs no more. Then that was fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Egypt was not to be the home of Jesus, and yet it was to have the honor of sheltering him. Yes, sheltering him when Israel cast him out. But out of it he must be called. God's purpose and God's word demanded it. O marvelous fullness of the divine word! O superhuman perfection of exactness in each announcement! Not one jot or tittle fails. Heaven and earth may pass, star after star may be broken or blotted out, but the divine word remains unharmed and glorious amid the universal wreck. All that is on earth of beauty and excellence may come to nothing. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Isaiah 40, 8. In both these cases we see the word literally fulfilled. 
the nation of God and the Son of God were called out of the land of Egypt and the house of bondage. Why this calling? Could they not remain? Was not Goshen as fruitful as Canaan? In the case of the Son of God, the reason is obvious. It was in no sense his home or native land. He had fled to it for shelter, and it had received him, even as it did Israel at first. But he had work to do elsewhere, work that could not be done in Egypt. It was to the lost sheep of the house of Israel that he was sent. In the case of Israel, we may say also, they could not remain. Though born in Egypt, it was not their true home. They were the heirs of another heritage, given by God Himself. They too had work to do that could not be done in Egypt. There was a purpose to be fulfilled in them by their settlement in Canaan. Too long of a connection with Egypt would have corrupted them with its idolatry and worldliness and pleasures. They had a testimony to bear in behalf of the true God that could not be born in Egypt, so that even though they had never been oppressed, they could not have remained. It was to Jerusalem, to Canaan, to Zion, to Lebanon that they were bound. They are not to drink out of the Nile, but out of the Jordan. With streams from Lebanon they are to quench their thirst. Whatever attractions Egypt might have, in the case of Moses it was riches, royalty, learning, and luxurious ease, they must not delay, nor look behind like Lot's wife, nor sigh as they did afterwards in the desert, for its carnal plenty. But the word is for us figuratively what it was for Israel literally. It is for us, for we are one with Israel and one with the Son of God. Out of Egypt the church is called. Each chosen one, each saint, each son, each Israelite indeed is called. Let us consider our history under the following. 1. Our birthplace. 2. Our calling. 3. Our journey. and 4. Our home. 1. Our birthplace. It is this Egypt world, this present evil age. Galatians 1 4. It is evil, yet it is fair to look upon, with its pleasures, elegancies, riches, glories, splendor, glitter, songs, and its magnificent palaces and gorgeous array. Egypt was one of the best specimens of the world. Into it were gathered all the world's wealth, art, science, philosophy, and splendor of every kind. It was a fascinating region. Every object in it was magnetic to the natural man and intoxicating to the unregenerate heart. Everything was there but the true God. The world's religion was decked out there in its goodliness of temple, picture, statue, and image of every kind. The world's wisdom was all there, its astronomy, natural science, mechanical arts, architecture, and its skill in ornament, with all fascinations for the natural man, all stimulants for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All natural knowledge, beauty, and progress are here. Intellect, power, greatness, magnificence, and splendor, all are here. Yet amid all these, the true God is not there. Human intellect is at its highest, religion at its lowest. The world by wisdom knows not God. All idolatry of the vilest and most foolish kind is here. All sensuality, oppression, and wickedness are here. As was Egypt, so is this world. It is this present evil age. It lies in the power of the evil one. 1 John 5, 19, 
and it is our birthplace. Not Bethlehem, as in the case of the Son of God, nor Jerusalem, but Egypt is our birthplace. Children of wrath, sons of the evil one, born in sin, these are the figures of speech that describe us. We are by nature men of Egypt. 2. Our calling. We did not rise and flee of ourselves. We would have remained there forever. We loved Egypt and delighted in its vanities. It was the home of our hearts. But God called us. He called us with a holy calling. 2 Timothy 1 9. He called us as he did Abraham out of Ur, as he did Israel out of Egypt, as he did the fishermen out of their boats. With his own almighty voice he called us. We could not but obey. It was irresistible. Therefore, he made us willing in the day of his power. Many voices within and without had called us. Conscience said, Arise and depart. The soul's deep longings after something higher said the same. Every pain, trial, disappointment, vexation, and bereavement said, Arise and depart. But all these failed. Then God spoke the word, and we found it irresistible. He spoke, and it was done. Then all those former voices that we had previously made light of gathered strength. Pain, grief, weariness, and affliction all spoke out now, and God spoke in them. Even the feeblest voice of all seemed irresistible. It was not so much one call as a thousand, each one irresistible. Yes, out of Egypt God called us. Blessed and holy calling. 3. Our journey. It is through the desert, not at once into the kingdom, not at once to heaven, but circuitously. And this long round is not for smoothness, but for roughness. It is a howling waste of a wilderness, Deuteronomy 32, 10, a land of barrenness, heat, thirst, hunger, and weariness. It is the right path, for God is our leader. It is safe, for God is our keeper. It is blessed, for God is our companion. But still, it is rough, dark, and dreary. Yet it is needful. The length of it is needful, so that patience may have her perfect work. The roughness of it is needful, so that we may be purified. The intricacies of it are needful, so that God may have his opportunities for guiding us. The darkness of it is needful, so that Christ may be realized as the Son. And the sorrow of it is needful, so that the Holy Spirit may be known as the Comforter. How much less we would know of God and of ourselves if this journey were different! How much we would lose if we were taken at once into the kingdom, as there can be no second opportunity hereafter of going over the way again! Let us prize the journey in all its aspects. And for our home Canaan is our promised land, and Jerusalem our city. For God has prepared for us both a land and a city, a home for eternity. Not merely better than the desert, but better than Egypt, a home that more than makes up for everything that we have left behind. It is eternal in the heavens, an incorruptible inheritance, the many mansions, God's home and ours, Christ's home and the churches forever. It is better than the earthly Jerusalem or the earthly paradise in which we will never be disturbed from which we cannot be driven, in which we can neither be tempted nor sin, everlasting, 
and glorious. It is to that we are bound, and we lay up our treasure there. It is love that has done all this. When Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. God's love has done it. It is love that calls us out and draws us out, the mighty love of God. It is love that takes us as we are, and that we are to take as it is. It is love like that shown to Abraham and to Israel. It is the love of the shepherd to his sheep, of the woman to her lost piece of silver, of the father to his lost son. It is love to which he himself bears witness, I loved him, loved him even from the days of his childhood. It is love exhibited in the cross, love realized in the tens of thousands that have been called out of Egypt by it.